Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about foods for spring running. We focus on four seasonal foods that you might like to add to your food plan. I think you'll be surprised about how many functions they have and how they'll support and protect your health as a runner. Welcome to the Food Force Spotlight series. For us, food is never just fuel. It provides a wide range of nutrients to support the many aspects of our health and also to promote physiological adaptations for our running performance. These short informative episodes are dedicated to food and meal planning. We'll spotlight key foods to support your running and we'll share tips and suggestions to give you big results in your running performance. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back. I'm Aileen and I'm here again with Karen. So hello, Karen. How are you today? Yes, I'm good, Aileen. Thank you. Looking forward to our conversation once again. Yeah, so we're going to be chatting about spring. So spring is in the air. Um, Today we're spotlighting food for spring running. Um, So I think it's quite nice at this time of year to think about the seasonal foods that are around. And um, we're going to be talking about how you can include those in your food plan. But before we begin, Karen, uh, mm-hmm. Just for a bit of fun, I thought instead of talking about nutrition, uh, we could talk about running equipment. Um, and I just wondered if there's anything that you've been purchasing recently to help you running, be it clothes, shoes, food, anything that you, you feel supports your running. Oh, Shailene, um, I haven't really bought very much at all recently. Um, we're still being in lockdown and no shops open. But um, if I was to think about it, if I was looking at it from um, a food point of view, then actually I did recently purchase some of the um, Vela Forte bars. Um, they're like energy bars. I think they're they're produced for cyclists, but they're, they're, they're good for runners as well. And I just wanted to have them in my, my sort of little store cupboard for when I don't have any of my home made energy bars at least I've got something I can I can go to so um so I've done that um but other than that um actually I have to say I mean this is really boring but I did purchase some running socks recently that's not boring it's essential (laughs) it's essential it was an essential purchase because mine all have all got holes in them at the moment so I thought okay Karen you can't wait till the shop's open you've got to buy these online so um and I would really like to buy some new leggings and nice new tops and things but that is going to have to wait until um until we're out of lockdown so that I can go to my local running shop and and try them on before I purchase them so so how about you, Aileen? Have you purchased anything more exciting than me recently? Uh, well, I did have a little bit of a, an online splurge a couple of months ago. I bought a new lightweight running jacket and I bought some headbands and new gloves. Um, and I also got a gift of a running jacket at Christmas, um, which was very nice, uh, a real treat. Um, so I'm pretty well kitted out on that front. Um so I think my next purchase is some running shoes. So the last ones I bought, I just bought online. So I don't know whether, you know, if I can wait another month or so, I'll be able to go to the shops and buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really like treating myself to some new kit every now and again, because it makes me feel good. Uh, and let's face it, we're wearing it a lot. So mm-hmm. it's nice to just not always be wearing the same things. Um I usually buy socks when I get a new pair of shoes. That's usually when I think, all right, I'll buy some new socks. But I don't 
think I did that the last time. So I think my socks are getting a bit battered, really. So mm-hmm. maybe time for some new ones too. Yes. <laughs> okay. So from a, a health and nutritional viewpoint as a runner, um, our aims for this episode are to look at some foods that may support exercise performance as you run through the springtime. So we're going to be focusing on four different springtime foods and we'll outline the nutritional properties of each of them. And then uh, we'll look at how they can be added as part of your meal plan and give you some menu ideas. So um, interesting four foods that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, The first one is the humble cucumber. Uh, the second one is some refreshing fresh mint. Uh, the third one are spring onions. And the fourth one is purple sprouting broccoli. So, Karen, uh, let's start by going through them one by one. So what can you tell us about the humble cucumber and how could it support our running in springtime? Yeah, well, actually, the humble cucumber actually contains a number of really important nutrients, actually, including at least um, 73 different phytonutrients, which is significant. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) It is in in this little cucumber that's made up mostly of water and also an array of micronutrients, including vitamin C, silica and vitamin K. Um, the other thing about cucumber is that it's also a really good GI, low GI food. So good for supporting blood sugar balance. And like I've just said, it is made up of approximately 90 percent of water. So it could potentially be an excellent food source for maintaining hydration. And as we know, for our running, hydration is a limiting factor in performance so so really this could actually be one to include in the diet daily yes and I do and I'll tell you about that later on so I'm very pleased about all of those Mm. extra things you've told me about there Karen so I mean it's interesting that a cucumber is actually a fruit but we do tend to think of it as being a vegetable and and indeed use it as a vegetable Um, but it's part of the melon family so it's related to watermelon cantaloupe honeydew which you know, makes sense really, doesn't it? It's a similar sort of makeup. Um, And Karen, you you also mentioned that cucumber contains vitamin C and silica, but it's also a really good source of vitamin K too. Yes. um, You know, you're absolutely right, Aileen. In fact, 100 grams of cucumber, which is probably about a portion size of cucumber, contains 19% of the government's recommended daily intake of vitamin K, which for, you know, one food, I think is quite a significant amount. It is indeed. Mm. So now that we've um, we've thought about the cum- cucumber and, and it, how it contains this array of um, potentially nutritional healing properties, that, and you've mentioned the high water content, which makes it an ideal hydrating food for a runner, um, could you outline how some of the other nutritional properties of the cucumber could support our running performance? Yeah, sure, really. So let's start with the vitamin K, seeing as it is the, the highest content in, in, um, in a cucumber. And um, we do tend to associate or generally associate vitamin K with blood clotting. However, it is also really important in promoting bone mineral density. Um, so in other words, it's really can help prevent bone becoming porous. Um, and, and it's this porous bone that's known to result in the development of um, both osteopenia and then sort of progressing on to osteoporosis. Now, clearly, as runners, we want to be keeping our bones as strong as possible for as long as possible. So I think ensuring we have an, an adequate intake of vitamin K would be important for this aspect of bone health. Um, And additionally, for runners, um, having those strong bones could reduce the risk of experiencing stress fractures as well, because that's something that's very common uh, in runners. Mm. And then, sorry, I've got a tickle in my throat. And also, you know, I mentioned about it being well known for, for its role in blood clotting, and, and again, thinking about the runner, as we tend to be prone to injury due to the nature of the sport, really, especially for people who enjoy the likes of the trail running, fell running, mountain running, where your risk of falling actually is, is much greater than potentially having an adequate intake of vitamin K to ensure 
there isn't an, any excessive loss of blood occurring when you have an injury would also, I think, just be important to, to think about and take note of and, and just to be aware of cucumber being able to support that. Yeah, yeah. And I think as you, you know, to add what you've already said to Karen, you, we mentioned silica earlier, mm. and, and that's known to give strength to connective tissue and bone. Um, and and because bone is classed as a form of connective tissue, although we tend to think of it as being an inert um, substance, but in fact, it's not. Um, mm. So, you know, it is classed as a form of connective tissue along with the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments and, and the cartilage. So um, silica is another important nutrient. Um, and you, you talked about the potential physical injury as a result of falling when out running. But you know, there are other forms of injuries that runners are at higher risk of developing. So I'm thinking of things like shin splints um, and also plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendonitis, which are all known to occur as a, a result of chronic inflammation. Um, and now we know that cucumbers are, you know, containing lots of anti-inflammatory nutrients such as vitamin C and all the those phytonutrients you mentioned. So that's another good reason for including them in your all year round diet, but particularly in spring. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, speaking about the phytonutrients, Aileen, two of the well-known ones um, found in, um, in cucumber are quercetin and naringerin, both of which we have actually talked about in previous ep- episodes. And also both of these phytonutrients have antioxidant as well as um, the anti-inflammatory properties. So again, will be really beneficial to a runner um, in, in sort of of managing injury and also recovery from injury as well. And um, and I think as we know, endurance, thinking about antioxidants and antioxidants, and again, we've spoken about this in the past, Aileen, we know as a, that endurance exercise itself produces oxidants as a natural byproduct really of energy metabolism but these oxidants really need to be neutralized otherwise they they are known to harm um, body cells and the body is really good at producing its own antioxidants as a response to the metabolic processes but sometimes they're just not sufficient enough to deal with the degree of circulating oxidants in the body and that's that's because of the potential for oxidants circulating in the body outside of the metabolic processes so from other aspects of of diet of lifestyle and and sort of just pollutants in the environment so so taking in the antioxidants is going to and ensuring that you're taking on an adequate amount um, in the diet is is highly recommended. Yeah, so you know, just to sort of summarise, really, what we're saying there is your body um, could and should produce sufficient antioxidants, as if it was just having to deal with the oxidants created from metabolism. But because of our modern lifestyle and our modern diet. Um, and all the external toxins that we're exposed to, it's there's a potential that the body could become overwhelmed. So it's it's important that we we're adding in these dietary antioxidants to make sure that we can meet the demands um, that we're under. Exactly that. Yes. Okay, Karen. So let's move on and talk about mint now. So refreshing mint. It's very refreshing. Um, mm-hmm. I often put fresh mint into just into a glass of water to pep up the water and pep me up too. Mm-hmm. Um, so mint um, comes from the family of herbs that includes things like basil or basil, depending where you're coming from, or mm-hmm. uh, oregano or oregano. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's another name for rosemary or sage or thyme, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a vast family of herbs that mint belongs to. And and in fact, even just thinking about mint, apparently there's 25 species of mint. Um, peppermint and spearmint are by far the most popular. Um, in fact, peppermint is a natural hybrid of water mint and spearmint. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, Aileen, because um, 
before this, I'd never actually heard of, of water mint. So it is something that I'm going to have to go off and explore further and just check and see, has it got the same nutritional properties as the mint that we know and use a lot? Or has it got additional or different nutritional properties to it? Because I, I don't actually know about water mint. So that's something for, for me to go away and do. But anyway, um, so m- most people will probably be aware of mint's um, healing effects on the digestive system because it is spoken about and utilised um, a lot, especially linked to bloating and flatulence. So the wind that can occur for some people, some for, more for some than others. Um, and I think consuming mint as a, as a herb is known to support the digestive system. However, it does appear that it's the essential oils within the mint that are the most potent. And um, researchers actually find that peppermint oil um, can be really supportive in individuals suffering from IBS. So as well as sort of the the simple symptoms such as um, bloating and flatulence, or the common symptoms such as bloating and flatulence, other symptoms that are associated with IBS as well, these this peppermint oil is is thought to to support it, and it's in and the action is thought to be that it's able to slow the inflow of calcium into the smooth muscle of the walls of the digestive tract. Therefore, it's kind of relaxing that digestive flow. So when you think about calcium, and I think we've spoken about this before, how um, in muscle generally calcium causes constriction and then magnesium causes relaxation. So so the, the calcium is important for the muscle contraction um, so that it helps with the, the peristalsis within the digestive system to enable food to, to keep moving, to flow. But it's it's when this becomes overstimulated that it can become um, an issue for some people. And the peppermint oil is thought to just slow down and calm down that process Mm, yeah that's really a really good thing to bear in mind and and linking this to a runner using mint as a herb or in an oil form you know you can get things like peppermint oil capsules um, or or even um, you can use peppermint oil as a you know as an oil drop and and use that in food Um, that might be really beneficial to a runner somebody who's suffering from digestive mm-hmm. distress um, but in addition to digestive support mint's also known to have antimicrobial properties so you know it's got the potential to support the immune system in protecting against viruses and bacterial infections and fungal infections and you know all of those things as a runner we're, we're at an increased risk of contracting so for example athlete's foot um, which is caused by a fungal infection and then you know if you think about um, urinary tract infections or upper respiratory tract infections uh, which could be caused by a virus or bacterial infections so um, you know regularly using mint is going to be a protective measure against these uh, potential infections yeah, absolutely, Alien. And just to add to what you've just said about mint supporting the immune system, it is also thought to help reduce hay fever or allergic rhinitis, to give it its medical term. And it's it's thought to really support the reduction in the symptoms of hay fever. And again, it's suggested that it's the antioxidant rosmarinic acid found in mint um, that and it's found that it can block the production of um, allergy-producing compounds called leukotrines or leukotrines. Again, depends where you're coming from. And and hay fever can be a real burden for many runners and, and can actually limit the training during specific times of the year. So, and I know... Um, from not personal experience, but my running partner suffers from hay fever and it's the horse chestnut flowers that come out around the beginning of May that really affect her symptoms and actually at times her training it can be so so severe so that that it kind of either slows down her running or takes her out of her running. So I think I will be recommending mint to her when we next run together. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good good idea, Karen. And it, 
it's sort of crossing my mind that maybe we could do an episode on hay fever because I think it does affect a lot of people. I've just noticed even, although we're not, you know, heavily in the middle of hay fever season yet, but already I can just feel little itchinesses in my eyes, which is a sign that something's going on. Um, so it's all, I think with hay fever, it's all about getting ahead of the game with regards to protection sort of earlier in the year. So you're ready when it's full blown. Yeah. And I think it's working out what is what is the allergy for you? Because I think some mm. people know it's happening, but they don't know exactly what it is they're reacting to. So maybe finding that out first and um, sort of avoiding as much as possible and then looking at the nutritional and lifestyle um, properties and foods and things to, to support that. So I think that's a really good idea, Aileen. We could we could consider maybe doing a future episode on, on hay fever. Mm. Okay, but on that note, let's move on and let's now take a look at the nutritional properties of spring onions. And I have to say, I love spring onions. I love just to to toss them raw in a mixed salad instead of garlic, or maybe just to um, have them on their own with a little bit of lemon or apple cider vinegar and and a few chopped cherry tomatoes. Just really simple bit delicious but anyway we are going to speak more about that later so thinking about spring onion and its nutritional properties like the cucumber actually it has a a, a really high water content so 89 percent of it um is is water which is significant not quite as high as the cucumber but still really high and it comes from the allium family of vegetables, so which does include garlic that I was just mentioning. And both of these actually come from the larger lily family, which also includes the likes of chives and leeks. And I suppose when you think about it, they do all look fairly similar, don't they? They do, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, just um, the difference between uh, the spring onions and the regular onions, or they're sometimes called the storage onions, as um, for another term um the spring onions are generally grown in warmer climates than the regular onions so they tend to have that milder sweeter flavor which is what you were mentioning earlier karen mm-hmm. and um the spring onions um and in fact all onions contain a, a compound called now this is a long one mm-hmm. allyl propyl dis dis false false side I'll let you say it, Karen. Okay, so allyl propyl disulfide. You're very good at these. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call it APDS for short. Yes. Um, anyway, it's this compound is known to have a blood sugar lowering action. So there's a theory um, regarding its action that this APDS complete competes with insulin um, for breakdown sites in the liver. So it's actually um, increasing the lifespan of, of insulin. Yeah, absolutely. But and and that's one of the theories. But there are actually there's actually another theory where um it's thought that the APDS, I think that's the easiest way of saying it, um increases the liver metabolism of glucose. So it's speeding up the metabolism of it, or potentially it's increasing the insulin secretion. So there's there's more insulin available to deal with the glucose. But but really the the exact mechanism as in many things, has still yet to to be determined, but but they found that it it does have a blood sugar balancing action, which is is what we need to know really or want to know. Um, but but thinking about the the runner, um, spring onions could potentially be beneficial um, to individuals that are trying to address the body composition, um, and or. It could potentially be beneficial to runners who suffer from that transient hypoglycemia at the outset of running. Now, we've spoken about this several times before, and this is when um, people who are sensitive to glucose, they, they feel as though they're having slight hypoglycemia symptoms when they move into running at the outset. But it does seem to clear within 20 minutes to half an hour and doesn't affect performance. But maybe... These um, APDS um, that's that's found in onions could support that. Mm, it doesn't sound that appealing to me, I've got to say. Um, but it does sort of help you think, well, that's yeah. a good reason for including it in the food plan, um, although you might not actually use it as a, 
something to help a pre-run um, situation. Um, so spring onions also contain other compounds known as saponins and sapogenins, um, and they're known to be antimicrobial like the mint, uh, but also they're anti-inflammatory. So again, you know, it's beneficial to a runner in helping reduce Ill- risk of illness and encouraging speedy recovery speedy recovery from injury and I think with all of these foods you've just got to think about the cumulative effects of having all of these foods in your food plan um you know one food on its own isn't going to be the the sort of magic uh, solution to um inflammation but having a general high anti-inflammatory food plan is going to be good so including lots of different foods would be great um just thinking back to the spring onions um there's some thought that it's beneficial for people suffering from asthma, um, which again, you know, that there's lots of runners out there who run with asthma. Um, mm-hmm. So spring onions appear to have the ability to inhibit the production of compounds that may cause bronchial muscle spasms. And so it's thought that it's encouraging bronchial muscle relaxation. Mm-hmm. So, so that's um, a little bit of background on spring onions. Um, so now we're on to food four, uh, which is purple sprouting broccoli. Um, so I'm conscious of time, Karen. Um, so let's have a quick look at the purple sprouting broccoli, which is really pretty and nice to see at this okay. time of year. Um, and it basically contains all the nutritional benefits of regular broccoli, uh, but with the added color and flavor. Um, the regular broccoli, you know, the green block broccoli that we see tends to appear in the summer, but the purple heads of um, the broccoli starts to bud in February. So that's why it's around in springtime and you might notice it in the markets and, and the green grocers um, during the springtime. So, you know, again, you probably all remember this from previous episodes, but broccoli comes from the cabbage family. It's a brassica vegetable and a cruciferous vegetable. It has a very high vitamin C content, um, which you'll already know is important as an antioxidant and an anti-inflammatory nutrient. Um, So I know we've already talked about those benefits earlier in the conversation, the benefits of antioxidants and anti-inflammatory molecules for a runner. Um, But let's just recap on some of the other nutritional properties, Karen. What can you tell us about purple sprouting broccoli? Yeah, so outside the the vitamin C that you're speaking about, Aileen, um, the other nutritional properties that stand out for me really are the glucosinolates of which um, sulforaphane and indole-3-carbonyl are two and two that are spoken about quite a lot in the nutritional world. Now, again, these compounds are anti-inflammatory. However, they do also um, help encourage the excretion of excess estrogen hormones. And I know that you've spoken about the indole-3-carbonyl alien quite a lot in the various episodes we've done fairly recently on um, sex hormone balance or female sex hormone balance. So people will probably be thinking, oh, I recognize that name, indole-3-carbonyl. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, so and it it is um really important this both of these for um hormone health in women of all different age groups. So really people um who are suffering from estrogen driven hormonal symptoms, um such as I'm thinking about PMS or um or they're in perimenopause or menopause. So because this indole-3-carbonyl and sulforaphane encourage the excretion of the excess um, estrogen, it may help diminish some of the symptoms. And from a running point of view, really, women suffering from the, the PMS or the peri- or menopausal symptoms um, do find that the training suffers at particular times of the month. And again, uh, a bit like the hay fever can potentially take women out of the running at, at, at particular times of the month. So really thinking about including these foods as part of an overall healthy, um, optimal diet may help to reduce the symptoms so that they can keep on enjoying their running all of the time and don't feel that they've got to pull back at certain times. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's really important that, you know, we think about these foods and all of the different things we can do, and it just really encourages us to in, include them. Um, so another um, another thing that um, the sulforaphane can do is it it is thought to have an indirect influence on the reduction of cartilage destruction, and that may prevent or at least reduce the risk of osteoporosis developing and it will also support soft tissue strengths of those sort of tendons and ligaments. So, yeah, you know, as well as the female sex hormones, it's also helping support um, the musculoskeletal mm. system, um, which is great. Yeah, it is. And, and that kind of links into what you said, Aileen, about all of this just being, it's about accumulation and, and building on. It's not one food's got a magic cure. And, mm. you know, already just from the four vegetables that we've discussed, the, the the majority of them support soft tissue, support bone. So just including all of these is going to sort of help build up and um, layer up the healing benefits. Yeah, definitely. It really encourages you to keep eating them, doesn't it? Yeah. So so just to, to quickly um, recap, Karen, um, let's just go through the healing properties of, of each of the, the foods that we've mentioned and how they can um, support us. So the healing properties of cucumber that we discussed were vitamin K, silica, and the phytonutrients that you mentioned, quercetin and naringenin. Re- <laughs> the healing properties of mint uh, that we talked about were the peppermint essential oil, um, the rose marinic acid, you really give me some long things to say today, Karen. Um, the spring onions we talked about, oh, my goodness. Allyl propyl disulfide. I can't say it. Disulfide. Saponons and saponogenins. Oh, dear. This is well written these down, isn't it? And, and finally, the nutritional property of sprouting broccoli that we talked about were the sulforaphane and the indole-3-carbonyl. I think I need a round of applause after that. Yes, you do, really. Well done for getting through that. <laughs> okay. So shall we move on? Shall we, yes, shall let's. we go on to some recipe and menu ideas? Might be easier. Okay, easier, so to, easier vocabulary, anyway. Yeah, definitely. So, Karen, let's start with cucumber. Have you got any meal ideas for cucumber? Actually, yes. Um, and my favourite cucumber um, dish is actually a side dish. And it's it's one where I tend to chop cucumber into small pieces. You could grate it, I suppose, as well, as well. But I tend to chop it into small pieces, add some chopped mint. So really, you're getting a two for one there. You're getting the cucumber and the mint in there. And then I mix that with some natural yogurt. And then generally, top that with um, toasted pumpkin seeds. So, so I suppose it's similar to a raita that they have with Indian dishes, but they yeah, don't tend to have the... tzatziki, that's the Greek version. Yeah, it? that's the other one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, and I also love making my own gazpacho, gazpacho soup, and cucumber is actually a, a key ingredient in that, um, along with um, tomatoes, red bell pepper, also, I add in spring onion. So, again, another two for one. And then garlic, olive oil and apple cider vinegar. And I have to say, this is such a refreshing cold soup on a, on a, on a warm summer's day. And actually, the best recipe I have been able to find for gazpacho is Delia Smith's. So if anybody mm. wants to try um, try the, the gazpacho uh, homemade, then I would recommend her her recipe. It's so easy but so tasty. But anyway, how yeah. about you? Yeah, well, I've had your gazpacho soup, so I can tell everybody it is really, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I've never made it myself for ages, so you think yeah, I'll try it again. Um, mm. So how do I use cucumbers? Well, and I do use cucumber most days, usually in a green juice. So it tends to be my liquid base alongside celery, sorrel juice, cucumber and celery, and then add things to it to either make a juice or a smoothie. Um, and I was thinking back, actually, that 
when I first got introduced and I was a bit reticent I think as most people are they they're like oh my god I can't drink anything that's that green um Mm -hmm. and the first green juice I ever had which actually encouraged me and made me think I could do this was a cucumber and apple juice so it's really light and tasty and so if you're a beginner juicer uh, I would suggest start with something like that because you'll uh you'll want to continue with it um Mm. and then the other thing that I I'd do is I'll maybe slice up cucumber into little slices and I top it with hummus or soft cheese, um, which is great as a quick snack or even as a sort of a, a little bit of a taste or an hors d'oeuvre before dinner. Um, it's quite healthy hors d'oeuvre. Um, or I might even just cut it up into crudités, um, like vegetable sticks and use it with dips again. You know, it's quite a nice crunchy start, a crunchy starter or something that you might even do mm. as a, a quick lunch. Um, mm. so, so, yeah, that's what I do with cucumbers. Uh, but I love love your ideas too. Um, so thinking now about mint. Um, so we've already mentioned adding it to a cucumber salad. And, um, I quite like adding it to my drinking water. I, I think I might have mentioned that earlier on just to pep the water up and pep me up um i also love putting it into juices smoothies and salads um it just has got such a fresh taste it's a taste of um you know spring and summer to me and uh, it's lovely so and the other thing that i'll do for a hot drink i'll make a what i would call a fresh mint steeper so it's where you would take a handful of mint fresh mint put it into a cup with some um, lemon and some fresh ginger top it up with boiling water and that that's great at any time of the day or year you know it's a really light comforting mm. drink um, to have um, and it the, the longer it soaks the more flavors you get out of it so that's really good um, and I'll just what's popping into my mind here again is another dip that I make quite often and it, it's a good I think it's a good store cover dip because I usually have these things in stock. So I'll take some frozen garden peas, some feta cheese and some fresh mint, blend it, whiz it up in a you know food processor. And it's just delightful. It's a lovely bright green color. Um, and I can use it, you know, either as a dip or I'll put a, a, you know, a spoonful on it on the side of a salad or maybe even put it on oat cakes or on top of the cucumber slices. Um, really really nice um easy thing to make and it's always well received yeah so, that sounds that, really nice yeah yeah really, really i i i'm just thinking about ellie's lunchbox because she's always saying oh mom what else can i make what's something different that i can make to either put in a wrap or put in a little pot with her carrots or something so i might actually suggest that to her um to take as part of her parked lunch so thank you for that aileen oh good well i'll be glad to hear if she if she likes it so do you Mm. use much karen in your food and cooking yes yeah, the way I tend to um, use mint, I, I often make either a, a couscous or, or a bulgur wheat tabbouleh, um, mm-hmm. which clearly has mint in it, but also along with that, just adding parsley, chopped cherry tomatoes, chopped spring onion. So again, something else from our list. Um, and then just um, mixing that with lemon juice and olive oil. So it's really easy peasy to make, but really um delicious and and i have to say i do just enjoy a fresh mint tea um and i'll have that quite often um in the afternoon when i need a bit of a pick me up or a pep a pep me up alien when i'm working i'll have a fresh mint tea in the afternoon or like you um adding it to my water i might make up a jug of water and add some fresh mint to it and just sip that throughout the day it just gives the water a little bit of, of flavour. And um, and actually another quick and easy recipe that I spotted recently um, that I would like to try. I haven't actually tried it yet, but to me it sounds really nice. And it's it's um, sort of cubed and cooked aubergine. So two cubed and cooked aubergines. And then um, mixing that with half a cup of fresh mint, half a cup of plain yoghurt, um, a clove of garlic, 
chopped up and um, half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper and just mix it all together. And it just sounds really delicious as a, as a again, as an mm, easy lovely. side dish. Lovely. Mm, yeah. So um, I, I know I've got one aubergine in the fridge, so I might make half quantities and, and do that tonight. I'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's, um, now um, consider some meal or snack ideas using spring onion. And now I've already men- mentioned that I like to toss them in a, in a mixed salad or have them chopped with tomato and drizzled with apple cider vinegar. Um, but other things I like to do with them are um, to add them to uh, homemade guacamole. And sometimes I'll do that just to add a, a bit of extra flavour. Um, and I'll also... Um, or actually, well, I tend to make things, I have to say, um, using using spring onions in the raw form. I don't tend to use them in cooked foods, but I know that you can. So and and um, and I think that you can use it in the likes of stir fries or or what I do sometimes rather than add it to to that sort of food is maybe just sprinkle it on at the at the end of the cooking rather than having because I think the the flavor is so mild and sweet anyway it's just nice to to hang on to those flavors but how about you Aileen Um, are there any other ways that you use spring onions uh, yeah, I mean, they're a staple for me. So they're always in my fridge. I always chop them into salads. In fact, I, I use my kitchen scissors to chop them because that makes it easy. Um, I, I often make a green scrambled egg. So I'll saute spring onions and maybe some spinach and um, and then make my scrambled eggs with them. So um, that's quite mm-hmm. a nice thing to do. And then maybe I'll add them to uh, maybe a stir fry, like the Thai style recipes, because they're quite... Um, light on flavor anyway and I think the spring onions look nice in them you know if you if you cut them into long sort of um stem pieces they look nice uh so yeah yes. there's lots of ways you can use them but yeah I just always have them there and I'm always chopping them up and putting throwing them into I don't think I ever have a salad without spring onions <laughs> they're just always in there um really? so I love them. yeah I love them yeah Okay. Like so finally, you, oh, sorry, Karen. I was just. I was just going to say, like you say, you can you can cut them in different ways. You know, you can have the long stems, like you say, and cut them on the bias, and all these mm. different things. Mm. So it can look pretty as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so now let's have a quick look at the purple sprout and broccoli, and think about some menu ideas for that, some meal ideas. So, I mean, the thing about the the colour is it's just so beautiful. And um, so mm. it's it's nice to really use it as a nice side vegetable dish. And then, you know, you're enjoying how it looks as well as how it tastes. Mm. Um, so one of the things I, I really like doing is just gently baking the broccoli in a roasting tin, uh, sprinkle it with some olive oil and some chilli flakes, and then serve it with um, a dollop of sort of green Greek yogurt that's been flavoured with a squeeze of lemon and maybe a little bit of lemon zest um, just to give it a bit of extra tang. Um, so that's a really nice um, side dish. Um, another way would be to make it as part of a salad bowl. So I really like, um, you know, a salad bowl with maybe some quinoa and some poached salmon and then the broccoli being that's sort of the main part of the vegetable um, and again you know dress it with something nice so maybe some olive oil some grey mustard uh, maybe some apple cider vinegar or, or lemon juice and um, that would be a really nice thing to take in a salad box as a you know a, a lunch for a work day maybe yeah. or to eat in the park something like that and you'd really feel that that was something substantial mm. Mm, and what about you Karen have you used used it in any way yes no I, I do I do use um purple sprouting broccoli because like you say Aileen it's such a beautiful vegetable you could almost put it in a in a in a vase couldn't you and have them as as flowers they're so pretty um but I I do like to to have them raw sometimes um with with a dip um 
you know, I'm just thinking about the dip that you mentioned with the, the feta cheese and pea and mint. Actually, that would be it would be nice dipped in that um, or again, added to a salad, like you said, or I might slice them lengthways. So just in two lengthways and then saute them gently in um, some coconut oil with a bit of added garlic and sesame seeds. I have to say, I do also like your idea, Aileen, of um, of using the chili flakes and then serving it with olive oil and lemon. That's another alternative, maybe still sautéing them as I do, but but adding that as a different topping, that sounds really nice. And and But I think with um, purple sprouting broccoli, just really lightly steaming them is maybe all it needs. It's, it's just it, because it's so tasty. And, and also it would be really lightly cooked for me because I do love all my vegetables still to, to retain that crunch. I don't like soggy vegetables whatsoever. Um, but I also think that broccoli generally, um, all types of broccoli, pairs, pairs very well with blue cheese. So on a special occasion, I do make um, um, a, a quiche combining these uh, ingredients together. So those would be sort of the key ways that I would use broccoli mm. and purple sprout broccoli. Lovely, also mm. very delicious. So, mm. Karen, let's uh, just round off by um, thinking about um, a one-day meal meal suggestion for a springtime um, menu plan. So mm. if I started with breakfast, um, I think what I'd do is suggest a cucumber, apple and fresh mint juice, um, followed by a green egg egg scramble and that would get all of the all of the things that we've talked about um in there um what would you do for lunchtime karen yeah, for lunch, Aileen, well, I'd really like to try this roasted aubergine. So I would maybe do the roasted aubergine and then have that with a quinoa mint tabbouleh salad. So again, incorporating quite a lot of the different ingredients in in one meal. Mm-hmm. And how about evening, evening meal? Um Right. Well, I think I'd go for roast chicken and I'd do that side dish of the purple sprouted broccoli with the chili and the lemon yogurt. And then maybe just simply some um, baby potatoes with fresh mint, maybe as a potato salad or just plain uh, boiled potatoes with, with fresh mint. Um, that sounds a really nice springtime meal to me. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have to say all the foods that we've spoken about all sound really light and tangy and fresh mm. don't they? yeah yeah mm. and yeah. so what about snacks Karen have you got any suggestions on snacks yes um I was thinking about you were saying about slicing the cucumber um and 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 sort of just topping it with something as a as a little snack so maybe having cucumber slices topped with hummus um and then um you could also use the pea mint and feta dip um, on top of the cucumber or maybe thinking about the pea mint and feta dip with some oat cakes um, having a fresh mint and ginger tea and maybe serving that with a couple of squares of dark chocolate now that sounds very nice and um, and the other thing maybe is a between meal snack um, could be a cup of the gazpacho soup so those would yeah. be my choices yeah I love those mm. ideas and I think the soups are really great snack idea you know you can just not have a full portion but just a cup of soup um, mm. is really is a great way of getting some extra vegetables in too isn't it absolutely yes okay so we're, we're almost at the end of our time today Karen so um, let's um, do our key takeaways can I ask you to do that please and I'll let you do all the difficult yeah. words now <laughs> yes I wonder if I'll have to repeat them let me think about this so um so really just thinking about the key foods and the the nutrients that they hold in the in them and the 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 key nutrients that we spoke about in cucumber um were the vitamin k and the silica to support the connective tissue and also 
bone health. Now, this would be really important for a runner to help prevent soft tissue injury, but also to reduce the risk of experiencing the likes of stress fractures and the development of osteopenia and osteoporosis. Um, But um, cucumber also contains an array of phytonutrients. um, And as we mentioned before, these are are anti-inflammatory, therefore they could help prevent a runner becoming injured, but also encourage speedy recovery from any former injury or injury sustained. Um, And then we moved on to mint and the key nutrients that we spoke about in mint were the essential oils and the rosmarinic acid. And again, they're known to really support uh, digestion, but also the immune system. Um, It is thought to be quite effective against hay fever, which you know, it can be the blight of many springtime runners. And also many runners suffer from um, digestive distress, especially the bloating and the flatulence. So these um, the essential oils and the rosmarinic acid could, could potentially really support these. Then looking at the key nutrients in the spring onions, we looked at the allylpropyl disulfide and also the saponins and the sepid Sepogenins, I'm suffering as well, Aileen, to, uh, and again, using these to support blood sugar balance and also the, the immune system. And these may be helpful to runners who um, are prone to that transient hypoglycemia and or um, suffer from frequent injuries such as the likes of shin splints and tendonitis of various types. And then finally, the key nutrients in the purple sprite and broccoli are the sulforaphane and the indole 3 carbonyl, um, which are known to support the excretion of um, excess estrogen. And this would be really helpful to any female runner who suffers from, say, PMS or any perimenopause or menopausal symptoms, or really any other condition or symptoms that are associated with estrogen dominance. And I would say that's it, Aileen. Wow, that's fantastic. So uh, we really hope that everybody's inspired to enjoy some seasonal springtime food ideas. Uh, We'd love to hear from you if you've uh, tried out any of the suggestions that we've made. And remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to try out some new menu ideas. Many of our clients are looking for new ways to help them introduce a healthy food plan, which also supports their running performance. So we designed our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program, and it's for runners of all abilities. We take you through a series of short videos and action steps to help you create a food plan to suit your running training. The program includes downloadable menu ideas, food lists, meal plans, and athlete plate diagrams for different training levels. And you get the added bonus of being invited to free online trainings and Q&As with Aileen and Karen. So you'll always have the opportunity to get some personal input into your runner's nutrition plan. Please check out the program at runnershealthhub.com or if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. We'd love to see you join us on the program. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband, which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Active Wear, please use our listeners' special discount code, 
RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.